No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. Let's go. joining us it's an absolute pleasure to see you there once again and you are live right here on the daily boogie podcast on a tuesday night i am boogie bumper your host hopefully for the next couple of hours or so we'll see how we go hope you had a lovely day yesterday because i certainly did it was fun we had some laughs we shared some horror stories we went over some of the new rules we pissed some people off it was fucking great man Hopefully we can have a repeat performance today, but I don't know. I don't know. It can be tough. Uh-uh. So thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, on this Tuesday night edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. If you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, then please, by all means, head to patreon.com slash boogiebumper. Become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And if you would like to tell me how upset with me you are, you, you am. <laughs> God. Did I did I just trans did I just transpose into Georgia or something? You why don't you tell me how upset with me you am? Oh god. I'm doing far too much method acting lately. I need to cut that shit out. I'm starting to forget who I am. God damn it. Who I is. Pardon me. <laughs> if you'd like to tell me how upset with me you are, then you can do so by Follow me on Twitter at Boogie Bumper. If you'd like to leave a tip tonight, ladies and gentlemen, the preferred method would be, of course, dlive.tv slash Boogie Bumper, or you can head to the address down below, streamlabs.com slash Boogie Bumper. So much to get through tonight, ladies and gentlemen. So little time. Uh, there's going to be, we're going to do a little bit of callback tonight. You are Chinese. Winning TV in the chat. Far too much meth, maybe, says Dead Jedi. No, not since I was a teenager. <laughs> those, those were the days. There was a, there was a lot less judgmental, you know, opinions about meth back in my time, back when I was a whippersnapper. You know, you do a little meth these days, and people want to accuse you of all sorts of heinous things. It's really not fair. Um, like I said, a few we're doing a few callbacks tonight. A couple of things that we touched on yesterday have developed very rapidly, and I've also got some new. New and wonderful information for you, ladies and gentlemen, about the second wave. Because we've been through the first Ring wave. Ring the bell and get your cheese, man. Thank you for the gifted sub-winning TV. And thank you for the diamond during the intro, Brave Bigot. Thank you so much. We've we've gone, we've come so far. So we've gone through the first wave. Now it's time to ramp people up for the second wave. And, you know, it's very difficult for a sequel to be as popular, to be as engaging, to be as exciting as the first movie, you know what I mean? Very rarely is a sequel better than the first one. I think, you know, The Empire Strikes Back was probably a good example. Uh, The second Avengers movie was probably better than the first one, but they're few and far between. Very, very rare. 
So we need to do everything we can here here at the corporate press. We need to do everything we can to ensure that the second wave of coronavirus is far more frightening, far more gripping, Ring and far more entertaining and than the cheese, first one. Man. Thank you for the sub. Coffee talk with Sandra. You've never seen Predator 2. That Yes, I will agree Predator 2 was better. Terminator 2 was better. But, I mean, let's be honest here. In the year that Predator 2 came out, in the year that Terminator 2 came out, there was probably, I don't know, a dozen other sequels, and none of them were as good as that one. So my point still stands. <laughs> so, Home Alone 2. No, no, absolutely not. We're not going into that. <laughs> Mad Max, no. The original Mad Max was the only good Mad Max. Every other Mad Max was fucking terrible. Like, yes, the Beyond the Thunderdome, like, aside from a few good moments, he's just a child! Ah! Aside from those kind of weird moments, they were ridiculous. They were dumb. The first Mad Max, though, the low-budget one, the raw one, that was a good flick, man. That was a good flick. Never got into Aliens. Never liked, never liked it. Too dark. I know it seems like an autistic thing to, you know, an autistic criticism, but... The Alien movies, my only memory from the Alien movies was watching it going, I can't see what's happening. I can't see anything. You know what I mean? It's like somebody turn a fucking light on in this place. All there is is like shadows and... And they never really interested me. They weren't scary, put it that way. They weren't action-packed. And Sigourney Weaver kind of annoys me. But whatever. (laughs) So we're going to ramp things up for coronavirus wave number two. See, now now we've started a whole sideways discussion about the sequels. That was not my... See, see, the, problem is, see the problem with live streaming? You make one little innocent comment and next thing you know, you've burned 10 minutes talking about, was this movie better than that movie? Was the second movie? And then people start bringing up examples. Uh, excuse me, Mr. Livestreamer. I think you'll find that if you check the sequel to this particular movie, that your entire thesis is now proved incorrect. Sorry, sir. Sorry, sweaty. Why don't you go back to critic school, you fucking idiot? <laughs> I owned his ass. You know what I mean? It's very difficult. <laughs> You've got to be very careful with what you say here. Just got to say one thing. Maybe I should just say anything. I'm just go, here's a clip, here's a clip, here's a clip. <laughs> Thank you for the diamond bug eaters. Coronavirus wave two, electric achoo. Very good, Frozen Asian. Follow Frozen Asian in the chat, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. Co-host of the Sunday night shit show with Spent D on a Sunday evening, late, late on a Sunday evening. The best way to cap off your week. A little nightcap on your week. Random fun with Frozen Asian. Sticky rice, as we like to call him. So we're going to get into a lot of that. Before, unsubscribed to hell of it. So before we do, uh, a quick reminder, ladies and gentlemen, this week is officially here on the Daily Boogie podcast. Take it in the ass week. All week, you're going to be taking it in the ass here on this show. And in order to celebrate taking it in the ass week, we do have a very, very special promotion. The Daily Boogie butt plug, ladies and gentlemen, has landed. It's done. It's finished. And it's waiting to, it's waiting to enter into a warm, soft, particularly smelly place of one lucky listener to this program. If you want to enter the draw to be to become the proud owner of the Daily Boogie Butt Plug, then of course you must be a paid subscriber to the D Live channel. You've got to be a booger, and you've got to reply to my pin tweet on my timeline at Boogie Bumper. <laughs> 
Major Tom, thank you for the diamond. He says, I'm more excited for your sex toy giveaway sequel. Well, I, I don't know if anything can top the Daily Boogie dildo, but right now it's the Daily Boogie butt plug going this Friday, going into somebody's hot little pocket. Backdoor pocket. There it is. Look at this stuff. Evil Ian. Isn't he good? He's an absolute genius. He's our resident glass master here on the show. <laughs> Wonderful colouring. Absolutely fantastic. People, someone in the chat says, will anyone actually use it? That's up to them. That's up to that's out of my hands. Once it goes to them, that's up to them. Amberlina with the diamond. Don't forget me this time, please. No, I won't. Uh, Amberlina actually gets two entries in this one. She gets two entries, no pun intended. Because she nominated for the first one and I accidentally left her off the wheel. And that's a big no-no. And I got in touch with Amberlina and I offered to, um, you know, take care of it. And she said, no, 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 that's fine. You know, it was just an accident, blah, blah, blah. So I, I, I said, well, look, you get two entries onto the next time. Now, won't it be funny when Amberlina is the first two names that comes off the wheel? <laughs> so if you missed the Daily Boogie Glass dildo giveaway of a few weeks ago, the way we do it is you respond to the tweet, give me your D-Live name, everybody's name goes on the wheel. Monica with the diamond, thank you for joining us. It can't top it, but it can plug it. Yes, I like that. I love it. Evil Ian's in the chat. Give Evil Ian a follow on Twitter, ladies and gentlemen. He does other stuff besides sex toys. He actually, I got my uh, shot glass yesterday. Fantastic little shot glass came in the mail yesterday. I might even uh, have a couple of drinks out of it on Friday night just to celebrate, just to break it in. We'll do a couple of shots on Friday night when we're doing the draw for the Daily Boogie butt plug, ladies and gentlemen. So if you want to be in a draw, you've got to be a paid subscriber, you've got to be a booger, head to my pin tweet on my timeline, respond with your DLive name, and you will go in the draw to be the proud owner of the Daily Boogie butt plug, ladies and gentlemen. All the names go on a wheel as we go around. Uh, if your name gets chosen, you get taken off the wheel until there's only one name left. And Teddy Spaghetti was the winner of the Daily Boogie dildo just a few weeks ago. So there you have it. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. All right. Let's get into it tonight, shall we? The first thing I have for you tonight is earth shattering. This is a very small little program with a very small little audience, but a very an audience of high engagement. You know, if you were doing an analysis of the audience, high engagement, lots of comments, uh, people get involved in the chat, uh, you know, people donate to the show, they leave tips. It's, it's a very, you know, active listener base, even though it's, we're small but mighty is the way I like to think of it here on The Daily Boogie. And this, this goes out to you. I want you to give yourselves a round of applause because we are now changing the fucking world from this little dark corner of the internet. I'm not even joking. We are having an impact where it matters most. We are winning hearts and minds. We are making the world a better place. And we are bringing the world's attention to very, very, very serious issues. Issues that need to be changed. Issues that need to be addressed. Of course, ladies and gentlemen, I'm speaking about shopping cart terrorism. Now, when we first discovered the cart narcs on this show about a month ago, I put out a theory. I didn't, it was just like kind of off the top of my head. It was formulated as we were rolling. And this theory was that people who just leave their carts anywhere they want in a shopping mall, like in a car park, 
they will eventually turn into dictators. Like this is the first indication that somebody is going to, you know, wander into a life of crime. They are brutal. They, they have no empathy. They're sociopathic. They're psychopathic. They're dangerous individuals. Somebody who doesn't take their cart back to the cart corral. So I suggested we need to nip this in the bud because if we don't stop them in the parking lot, next thing you know, they're causing bloodshed and misery and genocide all over the world. This theory, ladies and gentlemen, is gaining ground and has now made it all the way to the trashy British tabloids. Have a look at this. Shopping trolley theory claims to determine if you are a good or a bad person. We're winning the battle, guys. We're winning the war. Yes. Yes, come on. We are winning this war. People have been left divided over a theory which claims that your behaviour at the end of a food shop is the ultimate litmus test for which determines which determines whether you are a good or a bad person. We're winning. We are winning this shit. A scenario which claims to be able to determine if someone is a good or a bad member of society has sparked huge debate after going viral on social media. The shopping trolley theory was shared on Twitter, which was a 4chan post or one of it was one of the um 4chan posts. I don't know which like subsection of 4chan it was on. It might have been B, it might have been poll, I don't know. But a 4chan post, and that was a couple of weeks after we floated this theory on this show. Like I told you, we're changing the fucking world here. <laughs> in, in exactly in exactly the kind of place where you can have an immediate impact. You know, people want to change, people want to wake up people, people want to change the governments of the world, right? People want everybody to convert to their chosen religious denomination. They're all very lofty goals, but I would humbly suggest highly, highly, highly improbable ones, highly unlikely ones. On this show, we focus on the things that we can affect in real terms, such as cleaning up the shopping cart problem. <laughs> because as we all know, these people turn into fucking bloodthirsty criminals. If they're not nipped in the bud, you've got to start small. Exactly, dead Jedi. <laughs> This is unbelievable. The shopping trolley theory, which shared on Twitter and might make you think twice about your actions next time you've finished loading your car after the weekly food shop. Yes, winning TV with a diamond. Boogie stand flag at full staff. Salute that shit. We're going to make Boogie Stand Day the day after Memorial Day every year now. Our, our, our flag will be a shopping cart on it with a big cross through it. It's attracted more than 680,000 likes and 5,500 comments as people fiercely defended both sides of the argument. It goes like this. The shopping cart is the ultimate litmus test for whether a person is capable of self-governing. Exactly. It's, it's almost exactly the terms we used on this show. The return, the return the shopping cart is an easy, convenient task and, which one, and one which we all recognise is the correct and appropriate thing to do. Like, this is we're supposed to be living in a society here. Because remember on the show, somebody made the suggestion, why don't we pay the cart narcs to go around and collect the carts? It's like, no, no, no. We're not going to reward people's laziness. We're not going to reward their bad behaviour. They need to be self-governing, self-actuating individuals here because that's the kind of society we want. Be the change you want to see. To return a shopping cart is objectively right. There are no situations other than dire emergencies in which a person is not able to return their cart. I would even go one step further than that. 
and say, just say you're dying of a heart attack. Just say you're dying of a stroke or something. Just say you're being chased by a grizzly bear. The real hero, because there's a lot of talk about heroes lately. Oh, the cops are heroes. The firefighters are heroes. The military are heroes. The nurses are heroes. The doctors are heroes. Everyone's a fucking hero. The real hero in society, ladies and gentlemen, is the person who, under risk of death, will return their cart to the cart corral. In my opinion, there is no emergency when it comes to returning your cart to the cart corral, except for the fact that a cart may not make it back to the cart corral. That's the emergency. That's what everyone needs to focus on. Simultaneously, it is not illegal to abandon your shopping cart. Therefore, the shopping cart presents itself as the apex example of whether a person will do what is right without being forced to do it. This is utterly fantastic, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Listen to this comment. Listen, to this. We, like I said, we're changing the world here. <laughs> Katie Reed with the diamond. Just put it back. It, 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 right? It's not that hard, folks. Just put it back. Just do what has to be done. Thank you for the diamond, Katie Reed. Listen to this comment. I couldn't, I couldn't have said it better myself. A person who is unable to do this is no better than an animal. <laughs> an absolute savage who can only be made to do what is right by threatening them with the law and the force that stands behind it. The shopping cart is what determines whether a person is a good or bad member of society. We're winning this fight. Come on now. We are changing the world one cart at a time. So on that note, ladies and gentlemen, as a celebration, we normally only check out the cart narcs on a Friday show. As a celebration of the, of the hearts and minds that we're winning in this battle to clean up our parking lots, to eradicate cart terrorists, uh, a special edition, we're going to check in with the cart narcs. Oh, we're not going to do that. We're going to check in with the Cartnarks, ladies and gentlemen. This, this video dropped just yesterday. As you all know, the Cartnarks, spiritual heroes on this show, the real heroes. Forget about the police. Forget about the military. Forget about the doctors. The Cartnarks are out there doing God's work. Let's check in and see the latest edition from the Cartnarks. And then we'll get into some more. Then we'll get into some more regular daily boogie fare that makes you want to slit your wrists. Let's have a look. <laughs> So, ma'am, Cartnarks. Cartnarks. Just to go the curb there, Look at this. Look at this sickening display here. Look at this. One, two, three, four, five, six carts just left abandoned willy-nilly. And people say, oh, well, so what? It's just a cart sitting there. You know what that looks like to me as a parking lot fascist? I'm a, I'm a black shirt wearing libertarian in every other aspect of life. When it comes to the parking lot, I'm a fascist. A proud fascist, because I think it's that important to, to work this shit out. That looks like to me, like as though children have been wandering across a minefield in Serbia, having their legs blown off and they're bleeding to death in an open field. You know what I mean? That's, that's, the, that's how horrific that looks to me as a parking lot fascist. These carts should not be there. This scene should not be happening. And it's a horror show to witness it. I, I can't be any, I can't stress this enough. Exactly, Monica in the chat. It's chaos. <laughs> it's pure, unabashed chaos. <laughs> and that's why I have a zero tolerance policy when it comes to the parking lots. In Boogie, Boogie Stand's going to be a very kind of open place. 
You're going you're gonna to have fun in Boogie Stan. You're going to have a lot of freedom in Boogie Stan. But there will be armed men with very powerful rifles patrolling the parking lots in Boogie Stan who will not, be, who will not hesitate to drop you like a sack of shit at the first sign of any kind of anarchic behavior. As soon as you're out of the parking lot, that's fine. Go nuts, man. Take drugs, hug a tree, cut your nuts off. We don't even care. But when you're in our parking lot, bub, you put your cart back or you will face the consequences. No exceptions. In fact, as the king of Boogie Stan, because Boogie Stan's going to be a monarchy, as the king of Boogie Stan, the parking lot supreme guards have been instructed to shoot me if I don't follow the rules in the parking lot. Nobody gets away with it. So, ma'am, Cardinarks, is that where the cars go? Cardinarks. Just around the curb there, ma'am, ma'am. Isn't Utah beautiful, though? Like, just as a side note, I, I, I am a sucker for a mountain range. So I live in a valley here at the foot of what they call the Blue Mountains, which is just on the outskirts of Sydney. Um, so, like, whenever I see mountains and stuff, it's just always a nice, nostalgic, warm, homey kind of feeling. I would, I would much rather live there than, like, on a beach or something. I love a mountain range. Damn. Cardinark's here. That's the, that's the curb. Unfortunately, it's in Utah, so, you know. I can only get half-strength beer, which is a deal-breaker. Not the car corral, ma'am. 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 Back ma'am, that's the not the cards. That's, that's just the curb. It's not where the cards go. Oh, the door slam. We've got, our, we've got ourselves a tough one here. Oh. Blow me off. That sucks. Now give her a bumper magnet, see what happens. Now, this is the move. You So you put the bumper sticker, you put the bumper magnet on the back of the car. It says this person is a cart terrorist or something along those lines. A cart criminal? Call this number for the cart narcs. <laughs> and off he goes. The old uh, one, two, three, four. This escalates. Five wrongs make a right move. Five wrongs make a right. By the way, uh, disinfectant today of choice is microband, 24-hour. Kills- a little bit of product placement for microband. They're doing very well, the cart narcs. Bacteria, and it says a bunch of uh, stuff on here. Salmonella, Staphylococcus, Escherichia, rhinovirus. Coronavirus, herpes, very good. Herpes. How's it going? You've got one down there. You need one up here if oh, you're no. going to want oh. people to put it. Oh, look at Little Miss uh, parking lot designer now. Don't you love this move? So she's blaming the location of the cart corral as an excuse for her cart criminality, for her laziness. I can't be expected to take my cart back when the cart corral is so far away. I'm sorry, that's not an excuse, ma'am, madam. Oh, she's an absolute Karen, this thing, Rusty. Have a look. Ma'am, I'm not the, I'm not in charge of that stuff. I'm in charge of the cart narcs. Don't give me static. No, I am. I am, ma'am. That's my job. I'm- static. Don't give me static. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. These people, it always works the same way with these Karen types. They start with the tough girl routine, right? They've been watching too much Orange is the New Black and they all think that they're prison snitches, right? They all think that they're going to shiver guy in the parking lot. They all think they're tough, but it changes very, very quickly. And the cart narcs, we narc people out who don't take the carts back. So you got a cool bumper man. Look at this. Look at this. Oh, oh, oh. 1997 called. They want their insult back. Cabaret to chat. I am going to call your manager. I am going to call your manager. Work there, ma'am. Stop being an asshole. I'm a, I'm an asshole? 
Now, I was under the impression that that was an arrestable offence in Utah. I could be mistaken. A nice guy. Court, no, I can only get you another one here. I got they one are very you. nice. They're very polite there guys. Puts another one on the back of a car. Was that? <laughs> you touched my vehicle. It's not damaging. It's just a magnet, ma'am. All right. I mean it. What, what do you mean? I'm calling the cops. Why are you calling? I'm calling the cops. <laughs> yes. Straight to that move. I'm calling the police. <laughs> they always use this move like they think it's going to make you run in fear or something. Well, I'm calling the police. You know, because I'm the kind of guy, if somebody says that to me and I'm not doing anything wrong, I'm calling the police. You know, I'm not that I would do any of this, not that I would do actually do this, but I would say something like, well, you know, it's going to take them at least 15 minutes to get here. In that time, I could murder you and bury the body and nobody would even find it. Like, why are you telling me? Just call the police. If you want to call the police, just call them. Don't alert me. Clearly, you're only telling me that you're going to call the police because you think that's going to make me stop what I'm doing, but it's not. And now that I know that the police are coming, I'm going to have to take out the witness. <laughs> then have a say that to them next time they, they threaten to call the police on you. And look, watch the expression on their face change to sheer horror. Right in front of you. You're not threatening them. You're, you're just saying what a, possi a possibility might arise. Call the cops. What do we do? <laughs> Henry St. George Tucker Bubba Politics in the chat says, she'd call the FBI if you said that, but that's even worse. The FBI will take two years to investigate, not even 15 minutes. You shouldn't waste the police t police's time, ma'am, over something as simple as taking back your cart. Just take the cart. This is all sorted out. You also littered too, which is not a good thing. She's <laughs> <laughs> also a litter bug. <laughs> yes. See, you're the criminal here now, ma'am. Do you really think that you should be calling the police? We have you littering on camera. That's worth at least a fine. Litter. I'll pick up after you. Don't worry. Ma'am, why are you wasting the police's time about taking back I, I suggest you leave. Well, ma'am, I am. I was in the process of leaving, but you came and throw magnets at me. And now you're calling, now you're wasting police resources. You're throwing magnets at me. <laughs> if they need my information, I'll, I'm happy to hand them, hand them to them. I talk to them all the time. I'm not doing anything illegal. I'm just reminding yeah. you of what the proper and, thing to do. Um, I have a gentleman here at Walmart in Centerville that's harassing me. Ah, <laughs> weak sauce. Weak sauce, babe. I have a gentleman here at Walmart. He's harassing me and I feel threatened. They always go to that. How long is this going to work for? I'm being harassed and I feel threatened. No, you're a cart terrorist, ma'am. And now everybody rightfully knows it. Again, I'm not into naming and shaming. That's not my go. But when it comes to the parking lot, like I said, zero fucking tolerance, my man. No, I'm having a polite conversation about carts. No apologies. Polite conversation about carts. These people deserve the strictest of punishments. Tell them you didn't put your cart back too, see what they say. <laughs> tell them, tell the police you didn't take your cart back and see what they say. <laughs> they never give the full story. Brad, this is a grand case of lazy bones. Lazy bones. Um, it is not a emergency, but I have a gentleman that is harassing Having a polite conversation with you. About cards, this is not... I feel threatened. Not harassment in... Teapot activated. <laughs> I'm being very, 
well-spoken, soft-spoken, with a direct purpose. Ugh. Man, you shouldn't lie to the cops like that. Shouldn't lie to the cops like that, ma'am. Everything's being recorded, ma'am. And if you're going to be a cart narc, you've got to do it the right way. These guys are always polite. They never curse, right? It's a good idea, actually. Winning TV with a fantastic idea. Make a medal and send it to him from Boogie Stan. We might, I might have to do that. Evil Ian is our glass guy. I don't, Evil Ian, do you know a metal guy? Do you know a metal guy <laughs> that we can, you know, we can enlist to create a little boogie bumper hero of the week medal or something? Send it to him. Send it to the cart narcs. Yeah. That's called victim embellishment. Victim embellishment. <laughs> he knows his lingo. It's, it's a gentleman that has cart narcs. Yeah, cart narcs. <laughs> uh, about five ten. Fantastic brown hair. Muscular, good tan. Uh, <laughs> oh well. Oh well. <sighs> Live to knock another day, I guess. Narcotiers. Live to knock another day. That's a tough maneuver. Pro level stuff. I wouldn't. The yellow's got it though. Rambling again. Abuse the system. How many times old man this lesson? Thank you for the tip, Jesse Teller. I don't really, I don't know what you mean. Abuse the system. How many times this old man? I, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> but thank you for the tip. What, what? That's a tough maneuver to get them together like that. I know, I tried. I tried. But is that, is that an extra card you're taking back? You're taking two cards back. You're a good man, sir. Oh, thank you. Much better than that lady. She just threw hers over on the curb. And then she complained about it and saw the cops. Yes, she did. Cart narcs out. Well done. Ladies and gentlemen, the heroes of the cart narcs. Like I said, we're changing the world. The cart narcs are getting out. Shopping cart theory is now getting out. Things are happening. And they're happening for the best. They're happening for the better. Um, because we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna backload the serious stuff tonight. We've been front loading it lately, so I've decided to switch it up. I'm going to now. After yesterday, when I was accused, I, I've got a news flash for you. Yesterday, I was accused of not being a real American. <laughs> They're on to me. <laughs> yes. uh, unbelievably so. I was incredibly offended. I was I was accused of not being a real American. And like by by pure happenstance, I came across this article earlier today, and now I'm going to turn the tables. So if, if you've ever accused me of not being a real American, perish the thought. I don't know what gave it away, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, it was your Canadian accent, huh? <laughs> I was accused of not being a real American. But I'm now going to turn the tables and I'm going to point the finger correctly at all of you. All of you in the audience, all of you in the United States. Becca with the diamond, thank you for joining us, says, how dare you? How dare you? But I'm going to turn the wheels. All of you are not real Americans. Not one of you. Not one of you are real Americans and I can prove it with this article right here. Have a look at this horrific Horrific article. Yelp reveals each state's most popular delivery order during pandemic. Oh, yes. Yes. Now is the time for my American brothers and sisters to start sweating bullets. With that thick southern accent. 
Yes, well, we're still at home and we're still ordering takeout. Yelp has revealed the most popular food delivery order in each state during the coronavirus health crisis and the findings might surprise you. I would go further than that and I would say the findings will shock you, will devastate you. So here I was thinking like ribs, burgers, pizza, this kind of shit. This would be your staples in the United States. Even a bagel or two. I'll, ha- I'll, I'll accept a bagel or two from the Northeast. Outside of that, it starts to get a little bit weird. But burgers, you know, hamburgers, ribs, even like we'll splice in a little bit of Mexicana, so a little bit of tacos and that kind of shit. I'll accept that. The judges will accept that. No, this is, this is horrifying. In a report published Thursday, the business review platform released a list of the most ordered dishes across the country since since March 16, soon after the COVID-19 outbreak was declared a national emergency. Using the term frequency inverse document frequency, (laughs) we can't help but make things needlessly complex. A Yelp data scientist calculated how frequently a dish was ordered in each state relative to its popularity in other states. From there, the scientists standardised the dishes' names to calculate the TFIDF scores and ultimately identify each state's most ordered delivery meal. Are you ready to have the shit scared out of you, ladies and gentlemen? Because as far as I'm concerned, America is dead. Have a look at this. Look at this. Which which state here, which state, I want you to find your state. I'm not bad when it comes to states, but a few of these ones in the middle here, I I may get a little confused. When we get into this middle part here, I'm like, I can't remember which one's which. I want you to find your state on this map and tell me if you can honestly put your hand on your heart and say that you are real Americans. Now, I can see there, I believe New York has cheese pizza. Well done, New York. You are real Americans. Believe it or not. Well done, New York. You are real Americans. People, myself included, like to put New York and California in the same bracket of like being like ultra left-wing, ultra liberal, right? But I say au contraire. New Yorkers appear to be real Americans. If we scoot over to California here, their most ordered thing, bubble tea. I don't even know what bubble tea is. It sounds like a gay rapper. MC Bubble T. So California, cross through your name. Yes, exactly. Texas, what the fuck is going on in Texas? Crawfish? (laughs) The home of Texas barbecue's most ordered meal is fucking crawfish? Oh, hell no. So I'm sorry if you're in if you're in Texas, you can't accuse me of not being a real American because you, my Texan friends, are not real Americans. <laughs> what about now? What's just above? What's just above Texas here? Because when I see croissants, I think maybe Louisiana, right? Maybe something like where there's a bit of Creole, where there's a bit of French influence. No, no, but we all know. Directly above Texas, that's Oklahoma, is it not? Apparently, croissants are the most popular ordered in thing in Oklahoma. What the hell? This is bullshit. We make our own barbecue, but we'll order crawfish. (laughs) No excuses. I don't care. 
This is the best scientific metric. We, we saw that it's had some long scientific name. You know it's accurate. Spring rolls. Sushi in Louisiana. Sushi. <laughs> sushi, my friends. Holy shit. Um, congratulations to... I See, I, again, I forget who's above Florida there. Whoever's got wings, well done. Bubble tea in Hawaii as well. It's an Asian drink of flavoured tea with big balls of tapioca in it. James R in the chat. <laughs> Standing up for his native Hawaii. Because <laughs> he knows. He's, thank you for filling us in. So the Californians and the Hawaiians have bubble tea in common. Who would have thunk it? <laughs> Naan bread is very popular. <laughs> Joanne G with the diamond. Barbecue pizza is my fave. I live in Texas. I'm sorry. The Tex Texas is lost. Texas is lost forever. Texas is no longer uh, American. Uh, if you go up here to Maine, I would have thought, now, come on, Maine, right? Maine. Maine, it's got to be like some kind of seafood dish, surely. Like, because everybody from Maine's always bragging about how good their seafood is. Oh, we've got the best lobster. We've got the best crab. We've got the best seafood. Oh, no, 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 no. The most popular dish in Maine, pad thai. Pad thai. Absolutely disgusting. Illinois, ladies and gentlemen. Again, people want to put shit on New York and Illinois. So far, these are two of the only ones that I've seen so far that are actually real Americans. The biggest, the biggest dish in Illinois, deep dish pizza. Well done. Sticking true to form. People in Illinois are real Americans. Oregon, ladies and gentlemen, loaded burgers. Well done, Oregon. It seems like all of the left-wing liberal states that people like to make fun of for not being real Americans are actually the ones who are real Americans. And it seems like the states where people like to say we're real Americans down here are actually eating croissants, spring rolls, and fucking crawfish. What a, what a revelation, huh? <laughs> who would have thunk it? So we have to give credit where it's due. It appears like the deep blue states, the liberal states, with the exception of California and Hawaii, because who the fuck knows what's going on over there? With the exception of California and Hawaii, the deep blue states are actually eating real American food. And the states which contain the real American patriots are eating strange little weird little Asian dishes and fucking crawfish. Who would have thunk it? Becca with the diamond. And Cold Steel Hedgehog. <laughs> thank you for coming. I'll see you in hell. Cold Steel the Hedgehog, thank you for the diamond, says over 20 bubble tea places within one block of UC Berkeley. That Why doesn't that surprise me? And Becca with the diamond asks, what is Florida? Florida is garlic rolls. I don't know what garlic rolls are. I guess they're garlic rolls. I guess they are what they is. Uh, so this is the, are these the two Carolinas here or is, no, that's, that's Tennessee has chicken tendies. I think that's right. Yeah. Ten, that's Tennessee. Um, is that both the Carolinas there have tacos or is sushi one of the Carolinas? See, the, the, I, I know that's where the Carolinas are, but I'm not sure which one's which, if you know what I mean. I do. Okay. I reckon I do better, um, you know, naming the States than I would prob I would reckon about. 75% of the American school system. <laughs> oh, hey, hey, hey. Major Tom with the diamond says, hey, oh, with the garlic rolls and the spaghetti. 
with the garlic rolls and the spaghetti. How can gyros be Maryland? How can Poe be Rhode Island? Whoever this is in the middle here, Burgers, I think that's Ohio there. So well done, Ohio, with the burgers. But look at what they're surrounded by. Belgian fries, gyro, sushi, dumplings. Donuts, we can accept donuts. We'll give you donuts. Sushi is Carol South Carolina, is it? Well, there you go. Crab Rangoon. Ragoon? What the hell is Crab Rangoon? <laughs> and why is it in America? <laughs> this is horrifying to me, like I said. Uh, I believe that's Arizona has green chili cheeseburgers. Well done, Arizona. Well done. But again, uh, Kirsten Cinema, the senator from Arizona. Another Democrat. Crab Rangoon. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. The most popular delivery order unique to every state during the COVID-19 crisis, according to Yelp. Uh, Rhode Island was general towels like Mass Massachusetts. How is Colorado? That's Colorado, is it? They don't even have a fucking ocean. <laughs> How can they have crabs? Mississippi is nachos. I guess the Mexicans have taken over, correct? Belgian fries is just like steak fries, pretty much. Okay, but just call them steak fries. The fact that they're called Belgian fries, that's, I'm sorry, un-American. Just putting it out there. Very un-American behavior, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. So there you have it. <laughs> just like everything else we refer to tonight, uh, this will be in the show notes. So if you want to berate your state, and next time you want to accuse somebody of not being a real American... Just think about that fish taco you had for dinner. Think about the crab ragoon, rangoon that you're having for lunch. Think about the pad thai you ordered <laughs> before you start accusing people of not being real Americans. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Uh, what's the time here? How are we going for time? Have we got time? Let's do a quick little one here. I saw this tweeted out just before the show. Uh, Joe Biden is going to be the gift that keeps on giving. And this was absolutely sensational. I absolutely love this. I'm starting to like the audacity of Joe Biden. Have a listen to this, a quick little interview he gave on CNN earlier today. You mentioned the mask, that you wore a mask yesterday. President Trump went to a Memorial Day service. He did not wear a mask. Um, it's not just some people making fun of you. He did. He yeah. did on Twitter. He retweeted a photo of you yeah. wearing it. He's trying to belittle you for wearing oh. a mask, um, <laughs> making it seem like... It's a sign of weakness, is it? He's a fool. An absolute <laughs> fool to talk that way. Yeah. He's a fool to talk that way. Pardon me whilst I build my glass house and collect a bucket load of river rocks to throw around in a gleeful manner. I mean, every leading yeah. doc in the world is every saying every you wear a mask when you're in a crowd. Yep. And especially when you know you're going to be in a position where you're going to yeah. inadvertently get closer than 12 feet to somebody. I know we're 12 feet apart. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, what looks like enthusiastic social distancing on the part of the journalist is actually her security putting this measurement in place to make sure that he's not close enough to either touch her leg or smell her hair. This has nothing to do with social distancing at all. This is all about creating a barrier between yourself and Joe 
because Joe, as we know, he's a little old-fashioned. Joe likes to get a good, good whiff of the good stuff. She's just playing safe, exactly. She's playing hard to get, as Joe would say. She calls it safe. He calls it hard to get. Part I get that, but um, it's just- how can she even hear what he's saying? <laughs> I'm sorry, Mr. Biden. Can you speak up, sir? <laughs> he's a fool. I tells you. Yes, absolutely. This this macho stuff uh. for. <gasps> oh my god! Did he just say? Did I didn't listen to this part of the clip? Oh my god! We are changing the world in more ways than one, ladies and gentlemen. Holy shit. I think he just said what I thought he said. Yes, he did. I told you this thing would catch on. Now Joe Biden's doing the meme. I know we're 12 feet apart, I get that. But um, it's just absolutely this this macho stuff for, for but um it's just absolutely this this macho it's just absolutely this this macho stuff absolutely this this macho stuff for absolutely this this macho stuff for we win again. We win again. I shouldn't get going, but it it, it yeah, just I shouldn't is, get going. It, it's cost people's lives. Yep. It's costing people's lives. Donald it, Trump is literally killing everybody. And like I said, we're almost 100,000 dead today. All of which Donald Trump killed because he didn't wear a mask. 100,000 people. Columbia studies showing that we could have, if you just started a, a week earlier, would have saved thousands of lives. I mean, these are, these, this is a tragedy. But wearing a mask has become a cultural and political Literally, dude. And the president is involved in that, even stoking that. Yeah, exactly the point I was going to make, Dead Jedi. Says the guy who was quoted as saying he'd take Trump behind the gym and beat him off. Oops, I mean up. I get you. But that's exactly the point I was going to make. So here he is, right, waxing lyrical about this macho man routine. It wasn't just that. Well, you know, I, I was uh, down the pools there and this guy named Corn Pop, he was a bad dude. And I walked right up to Corn Pop. I walked right up to Corn Pop and, you know, you know, you had to make the, you know, they would walk around with those chains and, you know, the rusty razors and they would uh, sharpen that up, you know, on, on, on the gutter there to make it sharp and make it nasty. And he was a tough hombre, but I, I stood my ground. I stood up to Corn Pop, right? He's always doing the fucking bullshit bravado macho guy routine 2016 he's like oh i'd like to take uh, that donald trump and uh, if i was back in high school i'd take him around the back of the uh, shed i'd take him around the back of the gym beat him up i'm gonna put one on his chin right Remember he tells people to shut up shut up fat you shush now you're full of shit right he, he loves to be like the tough guy he's constantly doing it we know Back there, and like if I was back there in high school, I'd take Donald Trump around the back of the gym, get him to rub my legs, make the hair go the other way. Ben K. Veritas with the diamond. The uncanny intuition of Boog's macho man army, right? We're changing the world. <laughs> I'd take him around the back of the gym, and I'd get him to rub my legs and uh, make the hair go the other way. And, you know, Corn Pop would be watching. He'd be watching from uh, the, uh, the bushes there. And, you know, like we would be down at the pools, and when you when you got this domestic violence, you know, women, you just got to keep punching. Just got to keep punching. Just punch, 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 punch. Punch, punch, punch. 
So, you know, he's doing this uh, macho man routine. He's literally killing everybody. Well, that's pretty macho. It's pretty based. Sure he is. And look, look, he's and it's stoking deaths. Stoking it's deaths. Increase the likelihood that people are going to be bad. Becky with the diamond. Lion dog face pony soldier. He loves the macho man routine. Joe Biden wants to be the macho man, but he can't be the macho man, can he? He can't be this. He can't do it. He doesn't have it in him. So, you know, I would be down there at the pool and, uh, you know, the kids come in and they want to rub my leg the other way. And then Corn Pop come in. And Corn Pop was a real tough dude. And he uh, was in a chain gang or something like that. And uh, whatever the story was that I came up with. And I would like to take him behind the gym and put one on his chin. You know, because I'm not going to put up with this macho man shit. I'm going to put up with this macho man crap. You know, and we, uh, we got to unite and uh, rub our legs the wrong way. And, you know, I'm just an old-fashioned guy. We got to make uh, America moral again. And, you know, enough of these Nazis and uh, and uh, and the white supremacists, and you just got to keep punching. And you ain't black, Jack. You ain't black. Shut the hell up. You shush now. Vote Biden, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and just a quick reminder, if you're not yet subbed to uh, Mershaw Nightwave Radio 10 p.m. tonight, uh, head to Mersh's page on YouTube, hit the link, grab yourself a poo-poo PP shirt. I'm going to get one. I'm going to wear that shit proudly when I'm patrolling the parking lots down here in Australia. Uh, we're going to take a quick five-minute break. I'm going to get myself a fresh beverage. I'm going to visit the little boys' room. When we get back, more good news. Following on from yesterday, we're going to do some follow-up. <laughs> follow-up from some of the stories we covered yesterday in regards to we're going to ride the second wave, baby. Let's investigate the second wave of coronavirus. Let's see why the sequel is going to be so much better than the first movie. So stick around. We'll be back in five. You're on the Daily Boogie podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Second half of the show coming up right after this. Your novelty comedy songs, organic, handmade with painstaking care, put into every note. Well, look no further than Irrational Times. Using only the finest instruments to create an experience that your ears will thank you for later. Irrational Times attempts to elevate the whimsy to a desirable level. New songs and sketches every week. So check it out. Idiot boogie bumper. 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 It's the J.J. Stoner Spring Collection, the perfect attire for any and every occasion you can think of this season. Like we were in the mosh pit full of sweat and everyone's slapping, hitting, and pulling on you. This shit won't rip. 
Lunch at your favorite cafe? Brunch with the girls? These stylish ensembles will give you the confidence you need to look and feel your best. Or if you're getting arrested for possession, it comes with a built-in police stick-proof body armor. Keep swinging, pigs! Call now and your order will come with a complimentary ounce of that dankest bubblegum slur cane that the South has to offer. Don't forget the wall tapestry! If you need to cover your wall, it works! Hello, my name is Frozen Asian, and I like to tell you about my show, The Sunday Night Shit Show, every Sunday night at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, along with good conversations and laughing at funny and weird shit we find on the internet. We also have The Hat Cam, where I showcase my myriad of great-looking hats. Here is a testimonial from a great friend of mine who has enjoyed my hats lately. My... I hope your next hat is a bullet. Jesus Christ. What are you, fucking Asian Dick Tracy? You don't have to ruin my evening. Like, I, I'm just going to just listen, you know, listen to my bud do their show. And you, you got to, you just got to do this. Without the hat. So you're not enjoying it? No. <laughs> Dude, Asian uh, come Dick on, Tracy. I really enjoy it. You look no. like you're going undercover <laughs> in, in Argentina, but it's now working. I hate you. <laughs> I hate you. Oh, uh, come on, you secretly really love it. No, no, I openly hate it. <laughs> <laughs> And there you have it. Uh, so subscribe to the Sunday Night Shit Show at youtube.com slash Sunday Night Shit Show. And uh, hope to see you there on Sunday nights. Bye. Feeling depressed? Need someone to tell you it's not okay? Do you like goth public access TV? Then join me for The Big Empty every Sunday at noon. Major underscore Tom on DLive. With zeros for O's, because everything in your life is that difficult. Hey, Patriots, this is your favorite Southerner, Doc Martin. Just wanted to remind you to put on your calendars to join me and your favorite near to wheel Yankee, Bill D'Angelo, on Saturday nights, beginning with Promises Kicked at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, followed by the Speakeasy with all of your favorite Patriots. You never know what we might cuss and discuss. That's right, Doc Martin. This is everybody's favorite Yankee, Phil D'Angelo speaking. And on Saturday night, we could have Kimmy, wise censored, affectionately known as Electrolux, the original grandma, UK Neil, Rusty, and his famous sound test show, Coffee Talk with Sandra, Earth Citizen, Stefan, the infamous Grandma Sears, Mac Daddy may even make a show up, or virtually anyone else in the world for some irrelevant fun. Yankee, you mean some irreverent fun. So be sure to join us on Twitch, Periscope, DLive, or YouTube. That's right, Doc. Follow us at Winning TV on all of those channels. So be sure and put it on your calendar. We'll be looking for you. We'll leave the porch light on. I still think it's irrelevant fun. But why are you fumble for coins when you have a heavy bag? <laughs> There's a place that we can go. It's a special little spot tucked away on D-Live.
Justin, the global officials that can help all, also known as Got You, have now banned all boogieing and boogie-related movements worldwide. Public safety is the main concern, they say, and people are reminded that boogieing is contagious. Anyone caught boogieing will be dealt with in the harshest terms police have reported. More right around this world can get you down. There's just one thing you can do. And shake it all around. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. Coming back. Second half of the show, ladies, gentlemen, boys, and girls. Thank you for sticking around. Hope you got your drinks refreshed. I hope you refreshed it with something stiff. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Second half of the show, ladies and gentlemen. DLive.tv slash Boogie Bumper. We're here on the Daily Boogie Podcast. Like I said, um, I hope you got a fresh drink. I hope you got something stiff. I hope you got something that's going to, you know, knock a little energy into you because uh, this, is, this, this, is, this is the part of the show where we spiral. This is going to be the part of the show where we go, oh, man, we were having so much fun. We were talking about how un-American different foods are. We did the cart narcs. We were having so much fun. We looked at Joe Biden, who's always a fucking riot, man. I asked a question on Twitter the other day. Would it be wrong of me to want, like, because remember, like, I'm not as emotionally invested as in the United States elections as Americans are, you know? Um, obviously I, I, you know, want America to be, you know, the best America it can be. I want every country to be the best country that they can be. And, you know, it directly affects us. The kind of government that's in power in America affects us because we are in what they call the American sphere of influence. And with the world's most populated, uh, Islamic country right above our heads, which is slowly but surely turning increasingly more fundamentalist, that being Indonesia. And just above them, we have the world's most populated country, which is a communist military, uh, militaristic expansionist dictatorship, otherwise known as China. Kind of matters to us how America's doing. <laughs> we kind of kind of need America to be doing well. Because as I've said before, we like to stand on the beach in Northern Queensland, give the finger to the rest of Asia and go, na 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 you can't hurt us, na 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 
So if one day America turns around and says, well, well, you know, uh, we, we rub our head, we rub our legs the wrong way and now we got no money. So now we can't look after you. Sorry, but sorry, Aussie bros, you're on your own. And so, oh, man, <laughs> shit. You mean, we, you mean we're going to get invaded now? Fuck. This sucks, man. Why'd you have to elect that guy for? You know what I mean? So it matters. But I'm always like a step removed from it. So is it wrong for me to kind of like secretly, you know, in a, in a kind of fetish way? You know, like when you see the guys get dressed up in leather and they're strapped to the, the ceiling, like with chains and the woman's like kicking them in the nuts. That's all like pain. But some kinds of pain bring pleasure. So in that context, would it be wrong of me? So Gary Vance, so stop Trump bashing. No, I won't. I'm going to bash everybody. I don't care. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I will not stop. I will increase now because of that comment. Thank you very much. So in that vein, when the guy's like strapped in leather, chained to the roof and getting kicked in the nuts, some kind of pain brings pleasure. Would it be wrong of me to secretly want Joe Biden to win all 50 states and like win like 120% of the popular vote? Like, so more votes than people are actually voting. You know what I mean? Like every single state records a 100% Joe Biden just so I can watch the corporate media the next day going, oh my God, it's a miracle. This was the most transparent election we've ever had. <laughs> there is no, you know, any kind of talk about... Uh, rigging or vote for harvesting or any kind of election fraud is only conspiracy theory. And anybody who brings that up should be arrested because they're trying to overthrow um, a duly elected president. You know what I mean? I would love that to happen. Just like it's a sick little fantasy. I don't think that it will happen, but you know, hey, if you've never been dressed all in leather and, and chained to the floor and kicked in the nuts... Don't knock it till you tried it. So, all right. <laughs> what the hell am I talking about? Thank you for joining us on this Tuesday night edition of the Daily Boogie podcast. Kitty B with the links. Thank you so much. Uh, yes, the poo poo pee pee shirt. I'm going to order one as soon as I'm done here today because I think it's fantastic. Fantastic drive to get, to get Joe Biden to win all 50 states in the United States. I'll proudly wear that shit down here, down under. Represent down under styles. So, Following on from, well, let's let's kick it back a couple of weeks ago. We played the video a couple of weeks ago from the BBC in England talking about the new normal, right? And the miraculous claim that bringing people out of lockdown is going to be more difficult than putting people in lockdown, right? You've heard this? And my mind melted. You know, my brain turned into custard when I heard that. I'm like, well... Hang on a minute. If it's more difficult to get people out of lockdown, then why the fuck did you put us in lockdown in the first place? If it was easier to not go into lockdown, why didn't we just do that? So we're now being sold. <clears throat> I, I mentioned it yesterday on the show and I've mentioned it previous times. Here's my prediction for the next few months. Because all of this talk about second wave, right? It looks pretty obvious to me what the plan is. You're going to get like a little bit of freedom handed back to you. Look, just teeny tiny little bits. So they're going to say, okay, you know what? We've opened the salons. We've opened the bars. We've opened the barbershops. And then the cameras are going to be down there. Like we've opened the beach for this weekend, that kind of shit. 
and then the cameras are going to be down there they're going to be filming everybody and then the narrative will work into like it'll start in overdrive right and it'll say look at all of these people look at them all oh my god <clears throat> the corporate press will say you know it'll be cnn and it'll be like we've been talking about a second wave of coronavirus here on this program for the last couple of weeks well, we know that certain governments think it's more dangerous to open the economies and their risk is that they're opening too early and this will encourage the second wave. Look at this horrifying footage at the Ball of America. Look at the horrifying footage down at Walmart. Too many people are out and about. Too many people are, are making use of the freedoms that they've just been given back, right? And then all of a sudden, bang, we're back into, okay, you all need to go back into lockdown again. You've been exploiting this little bit of freedom that you've been given. They're going to give you a little bit of rope for freedom and then they're going to yank on it and break your neck again. That's my prediction. Expect it. I would go so far as to expect it in the next uh, few months. So I gathered a couple of items here, ladies and gentlemen. We'll start off with little old Australia. Rush fears. Yep. Opening, opening up the stores again, opening up the businesses again. <laughs> this is the real issue. The real fear is the second wave. The second wave is going to be much worse than the first. Victorians have emerged from lockdown with a rush that has authorities worried about a second wave of COVID-19. In this came out yesterday, by the way. Like, I'm not, I'm not going back far in the archive to pull this one out pretty much exactly what we said the narrative was going to be a couple of weeks ago yesterday here it is on full display infections they're warning we can't be complacent after a weekend of big crowds this is a road near red these people are more predictable than sunrise and i noticed james was in the chat before on um youtube you know on our show that we used to do trust and verify we we've, we've made this point a million times right once you see it, you can't unsee it. <laughs> Once you know the programming that these people utilize to get their messaging out, it's, it's so obvious. It's like being smacked in the face with a bowl of Texas, home-style Texas crawfish, like real Americans eat, so I've been told. Wood forest jammed with sightseers desperate to emerge from isolation. ISO. Local council says it's too many people. Authorities are worried about complacency. It's too many people. <laughs> we gave you a little bit of your freedom back, but too many people want freedom. We can't have this. We are winning, but we have not won, and we could easily lose it if we gave up on the things that have kept us safe. So, okay, so let's stay inside forever. I've made this point before. If not now, then when? There's always going to be a chance of people exchanging viruses. There's always going to be a chance of germ spreading. There's always going to be a chance of people getting flu-like symptoms from being out of their home. That is never going to change ever, 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 ever. It's always been there and it always will be there. So this ambiguous, this ambiguous poetry that these people are engaging in, oh, you know, we're winning, but we haven't won yet. We could be losing. If we stop winning, we're going to lose, and we can't lose. We want to win. And if we change the thing that's making us win, we're going to lose, so we don't want to lose, so we've got to keep winning. We've got to keep doing what we're doing, guys. It's like, well, what does that mean? So what, we, we, we're inside forever? 
What's what's the aim here? You know, many people have made this point. If the aim was flattening the curve, then it's we've it's over then. But the aim changed, didn't it? From flattening the curve to okay, nobody's going to be allowed outside until we have a fucking vaccine. That's now the talk. Oh, remember those things you used to do, like go to football games and whatnot? I'm sorry. That's not going to be allowed until we get some kind of mandatory vaccine on the market. Whoa, whoa, what? Hang on a minute. Right? The old, the little switcheroo that's been, that's taken place here is just extraordinary. And like I said yesterday, it's only taken three months to completely upend the economy and completely change the culture of Western society. Three months. It took centuries to get to where we are, and it took three months to change it. Now people are accepting, uh, you know, police going up to them and fucking dragging them off the street for breaking no rules. People are accepting all of these strange little conditions for human interaction. You've got to stand here. You can't stand there. You've got to go in this door. You've got to come out that door. You can't be too close together. You can't touch each other. You can't shake hands. You can't high five. You've got to speak to people through a perspex screen. I retweeted an article out earlier. The UK government said, believe it or not, They said, oh, we're going to allow you to have a little backyard get-together. We're going to let you see your parents. We're going to let you visit people. It's like, allowed? What do you mean allowed? This This is like being a prisoner. And people say, oh, that's hyperbolic. If you think about it, what do they say to prisoners? Well, if you behave yourself, we'll give you some yard time. That's exactly what's taking place here. If you do what we say, if you follow the rules then we'll let you have a little bit of yard time, maybe two hours once a week with three people, not four, but only three. That's what we're going to let you have. And if you can follow those rules for a little while without causing any trouble, then maybe we'll let you have a little bit more yard time. Maybe we'll let you catch a train again, right? But if you break the rules, if you go too far, if too many people, if too many of you are in scenarios like this, out in parks, out, you know, enjoying the outside, enjoying your freedom, then I'm afraid we're going to have to yank it back because there could be a second wave and we've got to keep winning. We've got to keep doing the right thing here. It's horrifying. Wood forest jammed with sightseers desperate to emerge from isolation. The local council says it's too many people. Authorities are worried about complacency. We are winning, but we have not won and we could easily lose it if we gave up on the things that have kept us safe. Overnight, Victoria recorded just two new cases of coronavirus. <laughs> yeah. Two. Just, just two. It's like the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory scene. How many, how many coronavirus cases did you have in your state, Charlie Bucket? Uh, two, sir. Right. 2,000 cases. No, no, sir. Two. Right. Sorry. 200 cases. No, sir. Just two. Just two? Yes, just two. Two new cases. Too many people. There's a, there's a world of twos. Too, too many regulations, too many rules, too many Karens, too new cases, too many people outside. <laughs> We're going to lock you back in your house. Two thumbs up. Fucking hell, huh? Two cases. There's two cases confirmed. Confirmed two cases overnight. 
Look at all of these people enjoying their freedom and not getting sick. The thought, the horrifying thought, the the nightmarish scenario that must be facing us. <laughs> Civil liberties are overrated. Both are in hotel quarantine. From June 1, museums and pools can reopen. Museums and pools. won't. All of our planning has been July 1. And when the announcement came yesterday, we're very excited about that. It's wonderful. <laughs> Char money with the diamond. The snarsberries taste like snarsberries. <laughs> However, there's... Of course, now you wouldn't be allowed to taste the snarsberries. You wouldn't be allowed to take the tour of the uh, yeah, of the chocolate factory. You'd have to stand six feet apart. Only one person can go in at a time. Sorry, but uh, your dear old grandpa, he's going to have to wait out the front. He'll have to come in on his own. He'll have to come separately. Quite a bit to do. A limit of 20 people per room throws up logistical headaches <sighs> in big spaces like Melbourne Museum and the State Library. Again, 20 people per room. Fair enough. You go down to Home Depot or, you know, the equivalent in whichever country you're in, there'll be 200 fucking assholes lined up out the front, standing shoulder to shoulder. In the museum, 20 people. Home Depot, 200. (laughs) We're looking at having people pre-purchase their tickets online. Oh, good. Timed ticketing. Harold Holt Pool is being retiled. Many others run by councils. (laughs) Harold Holt Pool, really? The Victorians named a pool after Harold Holt? (laughs) That's fucking incredible. I didn't know that. <laughs> only only the uh, the Aussie bros in the audience will get why that's fucking hilarious. Harold Holt was a Prime Minister of Australia. Was it in the 60s? I think it was the 60s. And it was like three or four days after he was elected Prime Minister, he went swimming at the beach and just fucking disappeared and never came. Like, it's a, he's a missing person. He went swimming in the ocean and just vanished and never came back. The leader of the country. Exactly. Fascist Siffy's like, what the fuck, Harold Holt? Can you believe that they named a pool after him? (laughs) Harold Holt pool. So what, people dive in and never come home? (laughs) That's incredible. You know what? For all of the shit that we put on Victoria here in Australia, (laughs) that's pretty funny. He just just floated away. People people say that it's it's a big conspiracy thing. People say that uh, he was taken out by, like, you know, deep state back in the 60s. He was taken out by federal agents. People say that he was eaten by a shark. People say that he was taken by a rip and, like, floated out into the ocean and, never, and couldn't swim back. There's all kinds of different theories. But the fact that they named a pool after a guy who probably drowned is just fucking amazing. <laughs> Harold Holt, the Harold Holt Memorial Swimming Pool. Absolutely brilliant. I'm timed ticketing. Harold Holt Pool is being retiled. <laughs> Many others run by councils are simply not ready. And a 20-person limit may also make them too expensive to operate. In the rush to get back to normal, beauty clinics are showing signs they'll be among some of Victoria's busiest businesses when they're allowed to return to work. For them, nine weeks of hibernation ends Monday. After the announcement, we had approximately around 100... Uh... That, is the, that is the only attractive beautician that I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Have you noticed how beauticians, like, I'm, I'm sorry if you're a beautician in the audience, I'm, I'm sure you're splendid, but all of the beauticians I've seen in my short time on planet Earth have all been like fucking sea donkeys, you know what I mean? Like, with way too much makeup, like, they go way over the top with ridiculously long, like, two-foot-long fingernails, fake nails, and fake hair extensions, 
That's legitimately the first like beautician that I've actually seen that's actually good look. It's incredible. <laughs> the Harold Holt swimming pool, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go to the BBC. <clears throat> Let's get an update. Because remember, we're all about the second wave here. We're riding the wave right to shore, unlike Harold Holt here on the show. Let's see some of the concerns. Let's see some of the dangers that come along with giving people too much freedom. If you're going to get anything out of tonight's show, let it be this. Freedom is dangerous and we need to put a stop to it. It was just free game. Everyone was just free game. everywhere. Australian shopping centres have faced crowds of customers. On the first weekend, lockdown restrictions were eased. Richard Lowe took this video at a mall in Brisbane, Bris Vegas. I just went down there to, to buy some groceries just for dinner, mm. thinking that it was going to be empty, um, like it has been for the <laughs> What the fucking audacity on this guy? I just went down to the supermarket to buy some groceries for dinner, thinking that it was empty, and everybody else was there. I thought I was the only one who was allowed to go shopping. <laughs> what? What about the balls on this guy to make this video? I was at the mall. I'm taking a video while I'm at the mall of all the people at the mall complaining about people being at the mall. <laughs> <laughs> Why is this guy a hero? Can someone explain it to me? Yeah, yeah, I was down there and I was really upset that there were so many people walking around the shopping mall. I was really upset by it. You know, there was like, I, I went down there expecting it to be empty because, you know, I've just been doing what I fucking want. Like, I haven't been trying to avoid shopping malls obviously because he just said i've been going down there all the time and it's always been empty <laughs> i am a golden god <laughs> that's tippy in the chat monica in the chat maybe they thought the same of you dick yeah, maybe somebody was filming him going look at this fucking asshole <laughs> look at this asshole just walking around the mall how dare he like do, do you, this is so insane So what, because this guy filmed it? Because this guy was walking around a mall where other people were walking around a mall? Or like, he's right for some reason? Why the fuck are you there? Who are you? <laughs> Who the fuck are you? <laughs> Incredible. Past two months. Um, and then when I got there, the, the car park was full. Like, it was packed. It was, it was full. The car park was packed. Um, and then when we got inside, there's just the busiest I've seen it you know it's sort of like christmas time crowds that'll happen when you tell the population for two months that they can't go in there why were you there shopping centers and retailers must have a covid safe plan i'm gonna have a plan we do love a good plan don't we and customers should practice 1.5 meters physical distancing Enforcing such rules, though, is proving to be a challenge. Who would have thought? <laughs> Who would have thought that this might be tricky to enforce? Because it's one thing to come up with these fucking rules in an office, in a government department somewhere, and just print it out on a piece of paper and then go, here, send this out. Send this out to the shopping malls. This is what they need to do. Nobody in these government departments actually asks, how, how do you expect people to enforce this stuff? No, don't worry about enforcing it. Just if they break it, make sure the police are there to arrest them promptly. 
We don't have to worry about how they do it, just that they do it. Some of the stores had line like lineups set out the front mm. where um, you're supposed to, you know, distance yourself a meter and a half. But um, like if you're not in a lineup, then it was just free game. Everyone was just everywhere. Everyone was just everywhere. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is good stuff. Uh, let's go to the United States of America, bros. Second wave, ladies and gentlemen. The second wave is coming. You're, you are, right now, you are being programmed to accept it. What we spoke about on the show yesterday, you're going to get a little bit of freedom back. They're going to give you a little bit of your freedom back. And then this is the kind of shit that's going to be a wash. Did you? Did everybody see the footage of uh, the Ozarks, right? Like people in the pools, people saw the footage of all the beaches being filled up, right? They're going to give you a little bit of freedom back, and then they're going to—they're going to accuse you of taking too much advantage of your freedom. Freedom will be the problem. Freedom will be the killer. You can see the manipulation happening right before your eyes. The real problem here is people have too many rights. People have too much freedom. We need to crack down on that shit. Like, the problem isn't the virus. The problem isn't what the government's doing. The government's always right. You know what I mean? The government can do no wrong. The real problem is people like you thinking that you still have a right to do things that you don't anymore. That's the problem. The problem is people aren't accepting the new normal, the new reality that we have invented for them. This is going to be the new normal. You're going to get a little bit of freedom back. The cameras will be there. The screens will be awash with this footage. And then you're going to have that freedom yanked right back out from under you. <clears throat> it's, going to be a, it's going to be a system of constant negative reinforcement that's going to be attempted. Here's a little treat. Whack you on the snout. Here's a little treat. Whack you on the snout. Over and over again. As we have seen great leaders, uh, FDR, Margaret Thatcher, Ronald Reagan, Winston Churchill, we've all witnessed their um, their physical decline and we, we witnessed their mental decline. But we're witnessing this with God's... Coffee Talk with Sandra with a diamond and follow Coffee Talk with Sandra, by the way. She's live every morning. Fuck the new normal. No, no, no. Um, <clears throat> I, I don't know how to tell you this, Sandra. This week, it's all about we're the ones taking it in the ass. This is take it in the ass week. By the way, if you want to win the genuine, authentic, American-made glass butt plug, ladies and gentlemen, go to my timeline, at Boogie Bumper, respond to the pin tweet. Make sure you're a booger, though. Trump as well, but we're also witnessing a spiritual decline. Uh, he- <laughs> God, it's so, it's so melodramatic. It's so hyperbolic. I love this stuff. You know, I'm a sucker for punishment. I love this shit. So now Trump's going insane and there's a spiritual decline that's taking place here. Coffee Talk with Sandra with the diamond says, butt plug! (laughs) There's a spiritual decline. You're not close enough to God. Um, Their physical decline and we we witnessed their... <laughs> Semper Reloaded wants me to read this out. I'll do it because I don't give a fuck. I have a wicked foot fetish. You're welcome, JJ Stoner. It's, I don't think it's going to still, I still don't think you're going to get knacks out of it though, Semper. You're going about this the entirely, entirely the wrong way. <laughs> Their mental decline. But 
Follow Semper Reloaded, by the way. He does great streams on DLive too. I only found out like a, a few days ago. But Semper Reloaded does a good stream, good production quality. He does good stuff. So check him out. DLive.tv slash is it Semper Reloaded? I think it is. Just just click on his name and follow the fucking channel, all right? Don't be lazy. In the words of our Australian chef, don't be a lazy fuckwit. We're witnessing this with Donald Trump as well, but we're also ah. witnessing a spiritual decline. Uh, spiritual he, this decline. This is a man who is um, degraded, uh, right. and he debases. He, he talks about this ep- epidemic yep. uh, as if it were to a war, and it is a war, but he's a... <laughs> Do you, ever, do you ever get the feeling like these people, these analysts, don't even know what their own opinion is? Did you hear that? Did you fucking hear that? Uh, Donald Trump is degraded, right? He's losing his mind. And I've I've criticised Trump plenty. And in my opinion, for good reasons. But if you're gonna if you're gonna criticise a guy, at least make it fucking coherent. Oh, Donald Trump is degraded. His mental capacity, there's a spiritual decline. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He constantly refers to it as a war, and it is. <laughs> <Da-da-ding>. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you fucking nuts? <laughs> Donald Trump what are you fucking nuts what are you actually upset about then? He referred to the thing that you think he should refer to it as? I, I don't understand your criticism, sir. This guy's supposed to be an expert. He's on television. God damn it. <laughs> he keeps referring to this thing as a war, and it is. <laughs> okay, genius. I, I don't think he knows what his own opinion is. I think, I think he's trying so hard to, <laughs> to be angry at what the guy's saying that he's actually agreeing with his own criticism. <laughs> talks about this epidemic uh, as if it were to a war and it is a war and it is and it is a war but the way he talks about it as a war that's not very nice and in the field it's a dereliction of duty Uh, everything we would do to fight a war in the conventional sense this person has decided to completely Uh, ignore uh, and we are paying we should shoot the virus should shoot the virus (laughs) for with more more guns lives and treasure Because of what we uh, have lacked in preparation, what we continue to do lack in preparation, there will be a second wave. We don't have to guess about this. And it is coming. It's coming. It's coming, guys. There will be a second wave. It's coming. Remember, the sequel is going to be so much better than the first movie. But wait, there's more. There will be a second wave. We don't have to guess about this. And it is coming. And it won't be in blue America like in New York City or Baltimore or the other cities. Where's it going to be? They've already been hit hardest Where's, in the oh, blue America. Oh. It will be in red America. Be- yeah! Huh? How do you like that? MSNBC, ladies and gentlemen, the headline, Trump voters, you're next. <laughs> Look, it's not going to be in New York. It's not going to be in California. It's not going to be in Detroit, Michigan. No, no. They've already gone through the pain. The second wave, we're coming for you. <laughs> Look out, guys. It's coming. The re- the red wave. There is going to be a red wave in 2020. <laughs> Look, 
Lou Frigno in the chat. So if we get a second wave, New York will be over. No, he's saying now New York is indestructible. New York's not going to have a second wave because they already they had the first wave. So they're they're fine now. That's that's his implication here. <laughs> Winning TV with the diamond says the virus is a fucking genius to only attack the red vote. I couldn't agree more. This virus knows more about political, uh, you know, <laughs> political analysis than the fucking political analysis does. <laughs> be in rural America, in counties that many of us have never heard of. It'll be in rural America, in counties which most of us have never heard of. There is just one problem with that theory, though. I'm gonna put this out there. Is it again? You know, who am I to question the experts? Right. This guy clearly knows what he's talking about. I mean, he's wearing a suit on television. Who could question this kind of authoritative knowledge? But if I may raise a point of contention, perhaps for your consideration, sir, I would say that the theory that the second wave is going to sweep through these very rural areas that most people have never heard of is potentially not going to work that way because... The reality is, not many people live there. Oh. You know what I mean? Like, see, in New York, for example, you've got millions and millions and millions and millions of people living on top of one another, riding the subway, rubbing shoulders constantly. The streets are always packed. There's just millions of people, like, in a teeny tiny little space. It kind of helps with, like, spread of things. The difference in those red parts in the counties that nobody has ever heard of is, you know, you know it ain't fucking New York City. <laughs> There's like five people in one town. They're all going to get it. All of the red areas. That's where the second wave's coming. The second, the second version of the virus. I told you the sequel was going to be so much better than the first. The second version of the virus is going to hire its own charter jet and just fly from community to community to community and drop little... COVID-19 bombs on these little rural areas. We'll give it to the cows. The cows will spread the coof. Trust me, it's coming to the red states. And the likelihood there is you will know someone who's affected. You will know someone who, who will have died. And we are giving the wrong information. Yeah. Uh, think how wrong. Yeah, you're giving the right information here, bud. <laughs> you're giving the good stuff. Dr. Brooks's model was that we this she revised her models down to 60,000 dead. Well, today yeah. we will pass 100,000 dead. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, what do we have here? Oh, yes, yes, ladies and gentlemen. So if Australia doesn't convince you, if, you know, the red states catching coronavirus doesn't make you, you know, shudder in fear, then maybe this will. <laughs> From the good people who brought us the first movie, I present to you Coronavirus 2 direct from China. Signs of a second CCP virus outbreak are appearing in three northeastern yeah. Chinese provinces. So get this. In China, um, they had thousands and thousands and thousands of people every day contracting coronavirus. And do you remember it just all stopped all of a sudden? Like it was zero. Like, like one day, the, the previous day, oh, we had 15,000 infections yesterday. It's very serious. And then the next day, it was like, hey, nobody got sick today. Yay. And people had the audacity. Australia is one nation that had the audacity to say, to ask China, um, we want an independent investigator to kind of have a look at the books, 
make sure that, you know, everything's above board here. Make sure that you're being transparent. Oh, why you got to be such a troublemaker for? China is a most transparent country. Australia, you think you're a big country, but you are not a big country. We try to be your friend. You come and you ask for an investigation. This is very disrespectful. Very disrespectful. You know, why you got to always uh, make a trouble? You make a trouble for China. China want to be your best friend. Why you just, you just do what we tell you and everybody be friendly. There's no problem. No, 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 there's no, there's no cover up. China is most transparent country. Most transparent. <laughs> it's like all of the infections just stopped one day. Amazing. How did that happen? The only answer I would say, accept as valid would be like if they put a bullet in everybody who had it. Then I was like, well, you know, that's <laughs> that that will stop the spread to an extent. Jilin, Heilongjiang, and Liaoning. According to Chinese media, one expert says the virus is behaving differently in northeastern China. It takes longer for the virus to become detectable than in Wuhan. How convenient. How convenient. Pardon me for being skeptical of the information coming out of China from time to time. But how convenient that the sequel lasts longer than the first movie. If the first movie went for 90 minutes, the sequel's going to be a three-hour marathon. You know why? Because maybe putting you in quarantine for two weeks isn't good enough. I mean, if the second version of the virus lasts longer and is harder to detect, maybe we have more of a reason to put you in quarantine. Maybe we have a better reason to put you in lockdown for a longer period of time. <clears throat> Pardon me for being cynical. But it seems to me like we are about to be told that the second wave is going to be far more devastating than the first. And the second version of the virus is going to require a month's isolation, perhaps. And if we had to lock down our economies for three months for the first virus, maybe we have to lock down our economy for six months for the second version of the virus. Now, Gary Vance in the chat brings up a very good point that we brought up on this show at the beginning of this year. Stop all imports from China. <laughs> if that's the case, right? If, if what you're saying is true, and if everyone understands it to be true, then how about we do this? How about we quarantine China and we stop all people and products going in and out of China until this thing is taken care of instead of business as usual, bringing shit in, sending shit out, bringing people in, sending people out, and then quarantining us instead of quarantining us. How about we do that? <clears throat> Solitary Confinement says Trump said he's not doing that. Trump says he's going to do things and he doesn't do it. Trump says he's not going to do things and then he does it. He's a politician. He'll say what he has to say at the time that he has to say it. He said he was going to close the border with Mexico. He didn't do it. He said he was going to do a whole bunch of things that he didn't end up doing. He said he was going to defund the WHO and then he said, well, no, that was just an idea that we're floating. 
He said he was going to ban the sale of vapes, right? He didn't do it. So let's not pin our hopes on what the guy says. Rather, let's like at least entertain the possibility that from time to time, what a politician says and then what a politician actually does may be two totally different things because that is the trend for the last 4,000 years of politics. <laughs> this means a higher risk of clusters of family infections. Patients are also taking longer to recover. Another major difference... Taking longer to recover as well. ...difference is that the virus from the second outbreak mainly attacks people's lungs, ah. whereas the virus in Wuhan attacks multiple organs. Ah, so we're just focusing on the lungs now. Chinese research shows the CCP virus has mutated into at least 30 strains. Researchers from the U.S. and Britain say there are already hundreds of mutations. Hundreds of mutations. We've got more mutations than we do genders now. It's fantastic, isn't it? It's been 40 days since Wuhan lifted its lockdown, but there's still fear of a second outbreak. Residents are afraid authorities are still downplaying the situation so they can't go out. So it's hard for businesses to survive and many shops have closed. In this video, the shop owner says business hasn't improved yet. My products are on sale from 60 yuan. It's about 8 US dollars. There's no profit. Uh, see, see now, now I'm getting like, <laughs> so solitary confinement. Okay, boogeyman, you're just too smart for me. See, now I'm getting the condescension, right? So, you know, you can believe what you want. I'm not telling you what to fucking believe. And if Donald Trump says something and you say, okay, this is the way it's going to be, then fine. And if it doesn't turn out to be that way, then you'll find a reason to explain it away. This is the way it's going to be. I understand that. But I'm more of a, I'm, I'm, I'm more of a wait and see what happens kind of a guy. I'll believe it when I see it kind of guy. I didn't just start watching politics when Donald Trump won the fucking election. How's that wall going? Got that wall yet? <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> Semper Reloaded with the Diamond says... Uh, 80 years plus of my family died since January, zero due to COVID virus. Well, I think you're not putting the correct, I'm sorry, Semper Reloaded. You should probably speak to the authorities and have them, you know, put the correct association on those death certificates, sir. You should be doing the right thing here. I, I, th I You sound like a conspiracy theorist, if you ask me. I just want to get rid of my stock. The problem is nobody is shopping. He says the store beside him sells sheep. Diamond from Becca, I'm with you, Boogs. Wait and see. I mean, you know, just one example. Signing a continuation of the Patriot Act. I've mentioned it before. Oh, it's all about it's all about un, undoing the deep state. Oh, okay. Why sign a continuation of the Patriot Act? I never thought... You know, the, the Donald Trump of 2016 wouldn't be slapping Google and Microsoft and Amazon and Apple on the back and congratulating them for what great companies they are. You know, and he has his way of doing things, and that's fine. And you want, you want to have faith in something? Fine. It's not for me to tell you not to, but I'm just going to be honest with you. It's not the way I roll. And so on one hand, we throw out like tweets and comments about censorship online and how concerning it is and how we're monitoring it. And that gets picked up by the surrogates, the surrogates being like media mouthpieces and stuff, favorable ones. And then they'll run with the story for a couple of weeks. And then two days later, he's in the Oval Office with Google patting him on the back saying, you're a great fucking company. Google is MAGA now. We love Google. 
talking about social tracing apps, Google and Apple. You know, Google and Apple have been working together on this thing. I got to tell you, we're going to do it so much better. We're going to do this surveillance stuff so much better than anybody else. You know, we've been doing it for a while. So we've been in this for, for a little while and we keep track of things. You know, we take notes here. So, you know, I, I don't have the ability to um, ignore things that I disagree with for the sake of, well, it's better than something else. You know, whatever. But again, everyone's free to do their own thing. I don't care. He said they moved out yesterday after losing over $14,000. Shops on this street are closing one after another. Maybe it's a good idea to close and stop losing more money. I really don't know what to do next. Yeah. The White House on Wednesday issued a report on challenges to U.S. national interests posed ah. by the Chinese regime. It details economic challenges, security challenges, and challenges to American values. Such challenges. Economic challenges posed by the, the Chinese regime would pale into insignificance compared with the challenges to the American economy posed by its own fucking governors in their own states. <laughs> President Xi Jinping didn't fly in on a fucking jet and walk around and start putting shutters up on businesses. You know what I mean? It wasn't the president of China that started arresting Americans who were walking around on the beach. <laughs> in this particular context, and we've covered China a lot on this show, what they're into, how they infiltrate politics, how they, you know, they're trying to curry favor. There's a big story going down right here right now with one of the state premiers who signed up to the China Belt and Road Scheme. So we're well aware of it down here. But in this particular instance, uh, it wasn't China that shut down the economy. It was the governors. It was the politicians. We're just into a new phase of blame shifting now. A new phase of politicking. A new phase of, you know, rhetorical brinkmanship. And I don't know about you, but I'm I'm very, very tired of it. So uh, let's carry on the second wave. Let's get back on track here. The second wave is going to be so much better than the first. Australia has had a haunting feel to it over the last couple of months. Cities empty as people obey strict lockdown orders. So far away from me. But a dramatic fall in coronavirus infections across yep. the country in the last few weeks. Yeah, just four yesterday. <laughs> we can't let you out too soon, though. Now has many feeling like we might just be winning the war. Yep, there's that, there's that rhetoric again. We're winning the war. We've got to keep winning. We don't want to be losers. But plenty of experts aren't so sure. Enter the experts. Bom, bom, bom. Did you have did you have some kind of feeling that you were like close to being given like a little bit of your freedom back? Did you have that feeling? I don't know about you. Did you have this optimistic did you wake up, you know, in a, on in an optimistic mood this morning? <laughs> this is bullshit with a diamond. Thank you so much. Says, is the second wave like the second nut fucking? It's it's far better. If by better we mean worse, then worse is better, then yes, it's better. <laughs> you think that Australia is every chance now of just undoing all its good work? I think that's exactly right, Tom. And that's what I really... <laughs> Do you see the subtext to this? If we let you out, if we give you your freedom back, it's going to be worse than when we put you in. 
again, I'm gonna have to ask. I'm gonna have to ask the obvious question here. Why did we go into lockdown if letting people out of lockdown is more dangerous than putting them in lockdown? <laughs> it seems like a very obvious question that everybody is doing their absolute best to try and avoid. <laughs> right? Well, we, we can't let you out. Okay, here's the thing. There's a virus, a deadly virus, and we're all going to die unless we put you all in quarantine. Oh, okay. Well, it turns out that only four people caught the virus last night. Uh, great, can we come out of quarantine? No, no, no. If we let you out of quarantine, it's going to be even worse than when we put you in. But hang on, if it's going to be worse than when we put, you put us in, why did you put us in in the first place? <laughs> we put you in the first place to protect you from the virus. Ah. Semperi loaded. They are theories when they keep proving true. Thank you for the diamond, sir. So we put you in to protect you from the virus. Gotcha. And now four people caught the virus. Yes. Can we come out? No. Why not? Because if we let you out, more people are going to catch the virus. But only four people caught the virus last night. Isn't that the point? No, it's not the point. We're protecting you from the virus. Woodchip TV with a diamond says, if you become Jedi, you get no more lemons. Got it. <laughs> so there will be eight people if we let you out. <laughs> well, that's the thing, right? That's the beautiful part about COVID-2. The beautiful part about COVID-19 too is it can be whatever they want it to be, right? They can, they can just say it's going to be worse and that'll be good enough. And then you'll have Karens dobbing people in. You'll have people snitching. You'll have people patrolling. We'll have to take those freedoms away from you. You're taking too much advantage. Uh, medical expert, would you say that if we stop people... Um, being locked up in their own if we if we release a few freedoms back to people could it be far more dangerous than what it was before uh yes that's what i'm saying <laughs> great <laughs> so i guess this never ends then huh isn't it funny they don't want to see so you know if if now you reopen and you see the cases come back then you're going to have to lock down much more broadly and At the end of all this. <laughs> More catch the virus any night in San Francisco. This is bullshit with a very astute observation. <laughs> but I, th I believe that's called the gift, not the virus. We've got to get the terminology right, guys. This is science we're dealing with here. At the end of all this, politicians are going to say things and other politicians are going to do things and the media is going to say things and the, the politicians will react to what the media says. <clears throat> At the end of all this, if this comes true, this little thing here, which we've been talking about on this show for a couple of weeks now. Tom, and that's what I really don't want to see. So, you know, if, if now you reopen and you see the cases come back, then you're going to have to lock down much more broadly and for longer. <laughs> Here's a question for you. Because people have said, right, this is a genuine, open, honest question. And I'm not having a go at anyone here, right? Now, people say that Donald Trump said that it's never going to happen again. Okay, fine. People have also said that Donald Trump knows it's all bullshit. People say that Donald Trump knows he's against what the governors are doing. He's against all of the things, right? 
I would simply ask, well, then why did it happen the first time? Why is it still happening? You see, what we say we want is often very different to what we can do. And what we can do is very different to what we say we want. Now, we know that Trump, uh, a Trumpism is to project positivity into the future. He does that a lot. He talks about the stock market going up. He talks about, you know, uh, all of the great things that are on the horizon. It's literally his fucking campaign slogan from 2016, make America great again. It's harking back to like a nostalgic and an ambiguous nostalgic feeling and projecting it into the future. That's why it's a clever slogan. That's why a very similar slogan was used by Ronald Reagan back in the early 80s. So if he knows it's all bullshit and if he knows, but then people say, well, he's forced to go along with it. He has to, he had no choice. Okay. And are you confident enough to predict that he's not going to have no choice at all in the future? Like it's all going to change, right? Because of his time. Separate load with a diamond. A real pandemic won't require any convincing. I, I tend to agree. Like, and I'm not a. This is just the flu guy. I know, in my opinion, this is not just the flu. The symptoms are different. Uh, the effect is different. The numbers are even different. But what we've always said on this show is, it's. It doesn't even matter if you think COVID nineteen is real or not. If you think it's a real pandemic or not, the reaction from people will make it real. And that's exactly what we've seen. When we said on this show that the, the stores are going to run out, I even, I even specifically said toilet paper on this show. You watch, the toilet paper will go first. That's exactly what happened. When we said that they were going to use uh, surveillance state techniques that they use in China, they now have literal Chinese-made drones flying around American cities. When we said they were going to start bringing in all of these ridiculous bureaucratic rules and start shutting down businesses and stuff, right? That's exactly what happened. The manifestation, the manifestation of coronavirus made it real, if you follow me. Thank you for the diamond. This is bullshit. If this were a bowler level, maybe we could talk. I would love to see some people with blood coming out of their eyes right now, wouldn't you? We've... <laughs> Wouldn't you, don't you want to live in a zombie movie for fuck's sake? We could be somebody. We could be somebody. Um, and solitary confinement said, <laughs> I thought it was very funny. Uh, the reason it's not going to be different is because of his time machine. So round, tip of the hat, you're, you're in the right spirit of the show. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. And I agree with you. He's damned if he does and if he's damned and he's damned if he doesn't. You know, that's, that's fine. That's, that's politics. So if we agree on that, then, you know, uh, to say that it's all going to change and it's all going to work out well and everything's going to be the way we want it to be would also be a stretch, in my opinion. Boogie butt plug, ladies and gentlemen. Dr. Dina Grayson is an infectious disease specialist based in Florida. Thousands of people are still dying every single day in the US. Thousands of people die every day. <laughs> Fucking thanks for the news flash, mate. Uh, we're coming up on the end of the show here, and I know JJ wanted to go live at 8 p.m., ladies and gentlemen, so I don't want to run over JJ's time. Uh, we've got plenty more to get through. We'll carry it over till tomorrow night's show. How about that? So a quick reminder, if you'd like to be in the draw to win the authentic, genuine, one-of-a-kind, American-made glass daily boogie butt plug, ladies and gentlemen, respond to my pinned tweet on Twitter, at Boogie Bumper. 
Wood Chip TV, I need four shot glasses and a butt plug. Thank you. <laughs> well, we'll do our best. We'll do our best. Thousands die every day. Exactly. So I've got, don't worry, there's plenty of overflow. We'll pick this up tomorrow. It'll be the second wave part two tomorrow night at 6 p.m. Thank you for joining us on this edition of the Daily Boogie, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you to everyone for your contributions on DLive and on Streamlabs. Don't forget to follow our friends, Mr. America, the Beard of Truth, Why Censored, UK Neil, Winning TV, ladies and gentlemen, Coffee Talk with Sandra, JJ Stoner, Joy of Pessy, Sunday Night Shit Show, Major Tom. Don't forget tonight at uh, 10 p.m., Mersh with Nightwave Radio. And then I'll be back tomorrow at 6 after Daywave, after JJ Stoner, after Revenge of the Sis. So uh, we'll be back then. Thank you to everyone for joining us. Thank you for sharing the show out. If you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, then please, by all means, head to patreon.com slash boogiebumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And if you would like to tell me that I'm not a real American, then you can order yourself uh, some... <laughs> what, what can you order yourself? Some fucking pad tie in Maine. And follow me on Twitter at boogiebumper. Until tomorrow night, ladies and gentlemen, 6 p.m. We'll be back. We'll do part two of this. So much more to get through. Stay calm. Stay rational. I'm opening the chest right now. God bless, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.